This I I didn't choose what to grow this. Prison numpad, another time. Why are you playing it? I'm speaking in horror. No. Glorious. No, it wasn't glorious. Hello, welcome, welcome to Live Gaming Gathering Podcast, where we talk about video games, and I swear to God, only video games. Isn't that right, Ray? For the most part. For the most part, yeah. We talk about video games majority of the time. So, welcome to Live Gaming Gathering Podcast. My name is Tom, aka The Lanka Soldier. I'm joined by Ray, as usual, my co-host. And before we continue, I just want to mention, we have time codes in the description whenever you listen to the podcast. So, if you don't want to listen to the whole thing, anyone listen to a particular specific topic in the podcast, we have time codes, please do check it out. Uh, follow socials, of course, in the description, and leave a rating on the podcast. And if you do enjoy the podcast, and the show, and the channel, whatever we do here, you can always check out the Patreon for extras, at patreon.com slash soldier. So we have extra content, we have extra stuff for you to watch if you want to support the podcast, the channel, or just, you know, just support us, you know, because we really try hard to make good content there, or just in general. Be nice to us and kick us some money once in a while, so maybe we don't have to work and we could do this every day. Okay. If only one million people donate one dollar, we would have enough passive income to do this every freaking day and i would do it passive income though <laughs> oh smile and blink just one million passive oh. income you're like yeah passive income uh, you know just 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 that's just just a quaint subtle nice eight nine thousand dollars a month passively perfect so yeah if we can get one million... i'm a humble person <laughs> yeah i don't need much honestly i just want my bills paid all right that's all i don't i don't want a fucking fancy car i don't want to have to afford insurance on that crap i don't want a big house i don't want to have to afford the insurance oh wait i'm a, I'm a millennial i will never be able to afford a house the fuck am i talking about yeah buying a house these days is uh almost impossible I'm, we're not even bothering the last time we tried it was just like Oh man! Like between having to deal with homeowners associations, and if you don't know what that is, that oh my god, we could uh, and the ta- and the down and the taxes and the fees for the brokers and all this other shit. It's like you're 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 spending almost like twenty five thirty thousand dollars before you even move into the motherfucker. Like who's got that kind of pocket change? Why can't you just use a cheat code like in Sims and just get the money? I'm excited to see my bank account occasionally get over a thousand dollars. You know what I mean? It's just like, wow, I did it, and then the bills coming, and it's like, fuck. I love how the, the as I do the intro for the podcast about fucking video games. Oh wait, did I swear? Fuck. Oh no, it's over five minutes. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, I can swear now. We we lean into a conversation about how broke we are after, bu- after <laughs> yeah. bumping well, our Patreon. Welcome to Live Gaming <laughs> Gathering Podcast. We were all broke as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> We're broke as shit. This is why we don't talk about new games. We can't afford them. <laughs> we don't get free shit. We don't get free stuff. What are you talking about? They don't like us enough to give us free things. What do you mean? We're okay, game EA changed. does, we but, you know. We ain't game changes. We get free games once in a while. <laughs> but ain't nobody else giving us codes. That's for damn sure. 
We could review new stuff. We could do it. We, I would totally be down for that. But then I look at that $70 price tag, and it's like, man, groceries for a week or review a new game. I don't know, man. I think I need to eat. That hunger our, meter has got to be our, we're gonna talk about We're going to talk about Call of Duty pay-to-win mechanics later. I'm like, hmm, do I want to buy something to eat, or do I want to buy this skin to gives me advantage over other players? Hmm. Yeah, for real. Hmm. The electric bill, or the, uh, you know... Do you, do you buy the electric thing, or do you buy the electricity in order to power the thing that lets you see the thing? Ugh. One of the many conundrums of our day and age. Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm trivializing that one. But for real, it's, it's like in this day and age, in this economy, like it's we'll we'll get into that. It's it's but yeah, we're broke. That's that <laughs> that's the whole point of the intro right there. We're all broke. Uh, okay, but jokes aside, yeah. So if you guys do like the stuff we produce on the channel and everything, do subscribe to Patreon because it it does help us out, and that's the best way to support the show because we actually put a lot of effort to our, our videos and everything. So. And it makes us feel loved. And you also get extra content that's actually really entertaining, if you ask me. I will. Okay, so for the context, context, context. So on in the last episode, we talked about certain individual uh, where criticizing him that he wants to do YouTube. He who shall not be named. Yeah. So in the in that special episode, I basically unless you pay in order to get there. <laughs> <laughs> I basically talk about him and basically ranting that he wants me to help him with that, even though he's basically doing jack shit regarding that. So I'll give you a bit more con. Uh, uh, that's the context. So uh, Ray, do you know? So Jan did the first video, right? Right. I seen the video. Why you think? Right. Why you think I think of the video? garbage absolute garbage but that, garbage. but that's not the point so he sent the video to him to review it and that was four days ago so what do you think happened you, you haven't heard anything back have you he haven't even watched the video yet oh my god my man wants to do once a I week i know because know? i can see the fucking view counter <laughs> my, my man wants to do once a week you know my man wants to do it once a week uh, anyway, that's and uh, my man, I, I mean, nobody does weekly content anymore. We do, we, we're, we're I, I, if you're big I, enough, I say, you do. I say nobody does weekly content anymore, as we do damn near weekly content. <laughs> that weekly content makes sense no. as as long as you know. If you can keep up with it, yeah, you can yeah, actually yeah. do it. It's it's not an easy feat, and then let alone some of these some of these people nowadays that are doing stuff daily. It's just like how? yeah, but they have big teams for that. Yeah, they got they got people on board. Yeah, like you're really higher end, like produced stuff. Like you're really and there's and I'm not saying like you need to have a you know like a really good crew in order to make a good YouTube production. I mean, you don't really need it. You it, it makes life easier. That's for damn sure. Um, but that's also a privilege that you get later on down the road when you build something up. The the problem is nowadays is like like we talked about. There's so much saturation out there. It's just, it's so hard in order to gain traction in some cases. I mean, shorts are helping a lot of channels out. Uh, I mean, hell, I've, I've found quite a good handful of new channels um, through through YouTube shorts of all damn places. You know, so it's kind of interesting. But at the same time, you know, like TikTok, that, that's the TikTok thing. Like YouTube seems to just trying to be just like, just, os, just osmosis pulling in the TikTok thing to try and boost it. But yeah, anyway, yeah, the no, 
fuck. Anyway, why would you ask expect anybody like that? <laughs> we we did, we did talk about in the Patreon about you know social media and everything, and we mentioned that that a lot of people move into YouTube, like just because social media these days is just garbage. It's just it, it, it brings no value whatsoever unless you're no, big. not anymore. Unless you're big you or have the money, that's the only way that you can bring some sort of value. If you're just a casual content creator, yeah, it brings you no value whatsoever. But anyway, uh, another point. If you want to listen to that, patreoncom <laughs> slash Um Balvi One Podcast is doing well, so we we well, I relaunched the podcast recently. And I never really explained why I relaunched it, mostly because I don't think there was any reason. But I, uh, but the reason I relaunched it originally uh, is because, one, there's kind of like a pre- preparing for the next game, whenever the next game is. And it also kind of gives us extra exposure, you know, for for the channel, because... I think people will look more for the Battlefield podcast than they will look for live gaming gathering podcast, even though live gaming gathering podcast appears better in the searches than Battlefield. Uh, but it's doing well. Uh, we're getting new listeners. Uh, so far, I did two episodes, and I talked about why the podcast is being rebooted, and the second episode was about the state of Battlefield, which is basically the positive, the negatives, and that amazing... In, quote, in, in quotes, amazing uh, PC gamer article that Battlefield 2042 is a great game now. Woohoo! Uh, and everyone and their mothers were like, look how hard we worked. Battlefield is amazing now and everything, which is not really the truth. But anyway, I, it's funny enough. I wouldn't know. I haven't played it in months. <laughs> funny enough, like even though I was like aiming to be like somewhat a negative uh, podcast, like that particular episode... But no, it was actually pretty positive because I actually discussed all the positive things that that game did. For, for example, uh, let's say other games, right? You want to buy a skin, right? They do in bundles. You know, you have to buy the whole bundle to get a skin. But in Battlefield, you don't have to buy the whole bundle. You can only get that particular item from the bundle. And we- if you want to buy your one tomato, you can buy your one tomato. And you, can get- you don't have to buy a bushel. Exactly. And I, that that's m- m- more... Customer friendly than you know other games that do it, but anyway, if you want to hear about me talk about Battlefield and hopefully Ray is gonna join with the next one, and yeah, we talk Battlefield. I think it's pretty good and it's pretty fun and people like it so far from what I heard. And yeah, so check out um, the last Call of Duty video I did on the on the channel. So as I expected. It did not do good numbers. I was not expecting really high view numbers, but people like it. There was really good positive feedback. And funny enough, so the people that featured in that video, like random players that I found while playing Call of Duty ranked, was it two days ago, three days ago? I was playing and got matchmaked with the same players. <laughs> <laughs> and I told him, "Oh, I rem- remember you, Lord. You were in my video. Like, what? What video?" And I told him, oh, "Just look for my name." And, and then in the microphone, I can hear him. My God, he has a whole YouTube channel. What the fuck? <laughs> it's a small world after all. It's because we're the same rank, so it kind of puts us in the same, you know, bracket of for matchmaking. And it just happened that we played at the same time. So, yeah. So I, I find that pretty funny. I I don't think I've ever had that happen before. 
It happens. Uh, it, it must be nice in Battlefield. You know, all the rec- it, it get recognition and shit. No, well, it's not like they they recognize me instantly. They had no idea who the fuck I am. Oh my god! Like, yeah, I don't. You go back and pick up BF4 and run your dice friend tags and just watch people lose their shit. Dude, how'd you get that? Fucking, I'm gonna come knife you, bro. I did. Good luck, bro. I did play Battlefield recently just because they had that mid-season event. Uh, it was fine. Actually, it's it's actually really good. Uh, actually, wait, we do have it in the notes. Yeah, okay, so I might as well talk about that. Battlefield mid-season event that happened uh, recently. It was a new game mode and some free cosmetics that you can log by just playing the game mode. And honestly, the game, the game mode itself is pretty good. I mean, it's not perfect, but I like the idea. So basically, the the idea of the game mode is... So there's attacking and defending team, right? So 8 on 8. And there's three objectives. And the attacking team basically have to pick up these lances, or bomb. Why would you want to... Let's, let's say bomb, right? Just to make it easier to understand. Let's call it the bomb yeah. or the MacGuffin, because that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, It's search and destroy, but, you know, with a with with twist. So basically, you, you have this... Two bombs, right? And you have to, you know, put that bomb in the, into the objective and wait until it's, you know, explodes or whatever. You know, the, the, the regular shit, right? Yeah, I believe this is called rush or obliteration. Yeah, so but, I mean, yeah. but it's, yeah, but it's not that. It's basically attacking and defending. And it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's more like, it's more search and destroy type of game mode, but with a twist. So it's basically that. And it's response, you know, so you you don't have any tickets or anything. And the way the game calculates, you, you're on a timer, so you have to destroy all these three objectives on a timer. And if you don't, uh, there's half time. Well, there's, there's half time regardless. So you switch from attacking to defense, you know, so you play two rounds. And the team that destroyed more objectives, or quicker, you know, they, they win the game. So the idea itself is really good, and it's actually... Kind of surprising how competitive it can get if you have the right teams, you know, the right players that actually care. So that's... And I remember people always making fun of Battlefield. Oh, Battlefield and competitive, that, that, that's never happening. Because, yeah, I agree, it's like... It's a meme these days, but... I think this game would prove that, that Battlefield can get, be competitive if done right. It, yeah, we've known this though. Yeah, we we know. I mean, this that. is yeah. this, this is nothing new. I mean, it, it's I mean, it's not even that we've known. I mean, there's like it was done. It was tested two different games. I mean, the competitive mode was tested in CTE in Battlefield Four. Competitive mode was tested very briefly in CTE and BFV or um Battlefield One. So I mean, it's it's not anything new. It's just they've never embraced it really, from what I from 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 what we can put together over the years. They know it's there. They know it's potential. They know it's possible. They just don't do it. They don't embrace it. Yeah, that's the thing. The no, the, no one really wants to embrace it, especially and because Dice or whoever, whoever was responsible for the, you know, for the, for the Battlefield game, they don't embrace it. And because they don't embrace it, it's kind of a meme for other casual players. Like this, is a, like for example, a lot of Call of Duty players because they're not happy with the current state of Call of Duty. They move into Battlefield because it's more casual. You know, it's more. Relaxed and so like, which I laid back and more, ca- yeah, which is fine, yeah, which is I fine. Mean, I get and that's, 
but it's just I don't know. I think that that's probably that probably could be part of the also the, the mentality against them them actually embracing competitive side of it. I, I, it might not even necessarily be that EA is not embracing it. It might even just be that the community is not embracing it. Like we just we don't have the metrics. We don't know. Yeah, and I I personally think that Battlefield can be really competitive and really done well. But a lot of people, you see, the crutch has always been the the vehicles. I don't think a competitive Battlefield game can be fun if it doesn't have vehicles. Because what 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 makes Battlefield Battlefield, you know, you know what makes it different from other a game? It's just a different franchise and different mechanics, but the premise is the same. So Battlefield, you know, competitive does need to have vehicles. So I can imagine maybe like, well, yeah, Battlefield One Incursions, for example, it had a vehicle, you know, it had a tank. On each side, and and it was a glass cannon. Yes, you can kill, but damn, you can ki- die in it like almost instantly, if you do some stupid mistakes. And a lot of people don't realize that, yeah, you can have a competitive, fun game w- with vehicles. It's just people don't really embrace that. Like, it's not even developers; it's just player base in general. A lot of people, as soon as they hear vehicles, they're like, "Oh no, that can't be competitive because." They, all they knew in their lives regarding competitive esports is League of Legends and CSGO. That's the only thing they know. So when it comes to competitive, you know, first-person shooters, and they hear vehicles, you know, tanks and everything, it doesn't doesn't compute in their heads because I don't think they understand how it can work. What it is, what it is, <clears throat> and I'll, I'll kind of put my two cents on here. What 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 I think it is. What I really think it is is those players who 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 think of vehicles that way. They're primarily infantry players. They don't they don't know. I, dealing with a vehicle is, is is not an easy deal if you don't know how to deal with it. The thing is, is Battlefield gives you the tools in order to deal with a vehicle, just so much as it gives you the tools in order to support a vehicle. When we did amateur competitive matches back in the day. We had squads that were dedicated to vehicles. There was a squad for a tank. That that squad did nothing but two people rode around in the tank, two people w- ran around with smalls and repair torches and stood by the tank. So you had two infantry players outside of a tank in order to handle anybody who might pop up with an RPG or might pop up with another small or any other rocket in order to try and attack the tank. And also a redundancy in order to help repair the tank should the tank take damage. Because the SOP for us was is if you need to repair a tank, get to the back of the tank so the tank can retreat and push you back while you're repairing. We had tricks. We had, we, you know. So for me to hear players say that, oh, well, I don't understand how vehicles can work in a competitive nature. To me, that says you just really don't know how to deal with it. You've never actually tried to do it. And if you have and you, you know, you failed at it then that's a lack of skill. If you don't like it, then that's just a general preference, and that's not saying that vehicles can't work in a competitive nature, because they really can. They can. I think uh, We've maintained transport helicopters for an entire match. Mm. I think we, we've, we've maintained freaking... Um, we, we've maintained uh, 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 little birds. You know, it's, it's possible. We've maintained uh, um, LAVs and other vehicles through an entirety of a t- an entire competitive match. We've, we've had matches before where not a single tank gets downed. So it's, I don't believe for a second when somebody says that they can't work. They can work. They can work. Uh, I think the reason why people do not like them is because it it forces them to change their play style. 
and in esports as well, like, it has to be interesting to watch. Like what I learned about Call of Duty for the last couple of years is, or just esports in general. Like, yeah, in a sense, your people there's in a sense they are right. Esports have to be interesting to watch, so you have to like showcase this, you know, player skill, all that kind of stuff. How can you tell me that that can't be showcased though? With yes, that's because that's that's going to showcase a whole other set of skills. Because I'll even go out on a limb, and I know I sound like an elitist, arrogant prick when I say this, but this is like the truth. I've watched a lot of competitive CS:GO and esports and shit like that. They fall into routines, and whomever can do their routines the best wins. Well, that's in, okay. that's everything. Vehicles yeah. are an element of chaos in that, you know. And I'm not trying to say that these players are simple-minded. What they're doing is is they're making their playstyle as simplistic as they possibly can in order to achieve their goals. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. I see vehicles as throwing an element of chaos into that whole mix because if you're you're primarily an infantry player, you're looking at a map as for what routes can I take in order to get flanking positions, what routes can I take in order to get around potential obstacles, up to and including. In my scenario, vehicles, because if I'm not equipped to deal with a tank, I'm not going to pop out and shoot at a damn tank. I'm going to find a route that I can take where I can flank that thing, get around it, and and get out of its line of fire so that either a squad mate can spawn on me with, with the tools in order to deal with the vehicle, or we just keep going and let it let uh, let the squad that's actually equipped to deal with the vehicle deal with the vehicle, or another vehicle deal with the vehicle. So... That's an element of chaos, but I welcome that element of chaos, though. So, again, this is a matter of subjective opinion on the whole ordeal. Yeah, and um, also, about a lot of esports, like I said, the only thing they know is CSGO and League of Legends. And uh, Yeah, there's no precedent. Yeah, no, so a lot of these games, like the, since esports were born, a lot of people always looked at esports as like, always in the individual skill of the player that makes it interesting to watch. But Battlefield has never been about individual itself. Yes, it's really no. It's about the effort of the individual yeah, to help the yes, team. Yes, it's always been it's always been about the team effort. So it's like the, this is there's a, there's a reason why I always compare Battlefield to football or soccer for Americans. Uh, I always compare to that sport. So or, or any other esport, maybe it's basketball, like you know CS:GO or League of Legends. You know where one player can ha- you know have a decisive you know, impact on the on the game, while in Battlefield, a more unified team has more chances to win the game than a team of full individual, you know, superstars. You know, the, a lower a lower lower ranked team has a bigger chance to win the game against a more individually talented team because they don't play as a team more than the other team. So like Battlefield always showcases the the team effort. So I can imagine if you do it right and you bring the vehicles, bring that oh cat please go away. Uh and if we, if we bring that element of chaos like you said with the vehicles, yeah, it can showcase how that team works together to just kill that tank and capture the objective, whatever that objective is. I don't know how it needs to be done, but yes, Battlefield needs to showcase that it's a team effort somehow. I don't know how and what and everything, but it's always been about the team, not the individual players. Yes, I good players will shine once in a while, but in some in some match styles, in TDM and squad based, like no vehicles at all, like your um your squad domination and stuff like that. 
um, or actually no, dom well, domination back in the day. Um, yeah, those those modes individual players can shine because it's it's again because of lack of vehicles, the gameplay is more simplistic and element of chaos is taken out. You can anticipate your player, your opponent's moves a little bit better in just an infantry-focused, you know, style. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, people who just primarily play infantry are less skilled. Don't, nobody fucking, you know, misinterpret that because I, I go, I, I can be a heavy vehicle player, but I primarily focus on infantry as well, and this is how I look at it. Um, so, it, it. It's just, it, it, you can shine in some modes in Battlefield. You can as an individual player. It tends to, in Conquest, more or less focus on vehicle players. If you have a really good jet player who's, you know, J-damming really well, they're going to shine. They're going to get good amounts of kills. But it, it falls on the infantry on the ground in order to make sure that players cluster up in order to make that player effective. Same deal with a tank. You know, it, it takes the team in order to make that tank effective. They have to cover that tank. They have to spot targets for that tank. That tank has to be equipped for the type of things that are going on. So, yeah, you can't don't don't tell me an individual player can't shine. It just it just doesn't shine. It's it's not like an oh well, this is the guy that carried us, which will happen, of course. But again, it depends on the team. You know, the team comp team compositions and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I don't know how Battlefield can highlight that it's a more team team effort. You know, of course, it's a team effort in other esports, but it's just, like, something about Battlefield that's, like, it just, everyone has a different role. You know, everyone has a very unique, specific role. And that doesn't, like, maybe League of Legends is kind of in that area where you have a tank, you have a, your... You know, player that does damage, you know, we have your healer. So League of Legends is probably the closest thing you can have. But when it comes to first-person shoes, a lot of first-person shoes, maybe Rainbow Six, uh, don't really have that element of that everyone has a different, unique role that they need to stick with. And I think the problem is that people can't tell what makes a good Battlefield player is because they don't really see uh, the bigger picture, what makes a good Because how do you determine... Like, for example, when you want to pick a player for your team, how do you determine if this player is better than the other team? And they're both engineers, for example. They're both trying to do their best to negate uh, air control, you know, for the enemy players. You know, how do you determine who, who's bad, you know, player? I guess that's why you looked at all other skills, like infantry skills and all that kind of stuff. You know, are they good at killing and all that kind of stuff? So I guess that's what you look at. Like, you look at other stats and so on. I know it's really well, yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta look back, look back, and remember what we used to do when when we used to tell the recruiters all the time. You know, you, you if, when if you're looking at it, like you said, if you're looking at it primarily somebody who's an engineer, you're going to tell by looking at their stats. They're going to primarily run engineer guns, uh, PDWs, and uh, what, what was it for Battlefield Four? Uh, PDWs and uh, I feel like an idiot. Um, not the assault rifles, but oh, the carbines. Um, they primarily run those. You would see a lot of repair. Uh, you know, anybody who has a high, who has a real good repair rate, I would totally be on board with them, even if they're not necessarily the best infantry player, because that's what they do. They support the vehicle. You can tell. You know, what it, you seriously look into the stats. You can actually really tell. You know what a player's role, what role they fall into, because nobody really picks their role. They kind of just fall into it. And if everybody falls, and if all the right roles are fell into, then it's a beautiful thing. Um, 
like me, you can look at my stats and you can tell I primarily run assault. I'm I'm I, I'm frontline medic and I run around and run flanking routes. I have a decent high you know kill to KD ratio. I have a lot of headshots. I run suppressed run suppressed weapons all the time. I have a good revive rate, a good heal rate. Um, so you know you, you can tell. It, but what sucks now is the fact that they've kind of like reduced the amount of public stats for players, so you can't even really see that anymore. But there's like no real community anymore. As far as like you know, built up teams and 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 and, and uh, well, it was platoons back in the day, but we're just gonna say clans for the sake of it. You know that that's all kind of but gone. So there's almost no point in it anymore, and it sucks. It's depressing. Yeah. Them them removing battle log as much as everybody wanted a wanted a drone and crone for that to be removed. I think that was one of the worst things that they ever did. I think they should have kept that platform, expanded on it, made it better, and integrated it a little bit better. I mean, web-based game launching, I'm glad they got rid of that crap, but, I mean, it was still, it, it was a good tool in order to have, and the fact that it's gone, it just, it, I shed a tear. It, like, I do not mind if Balrog, you know, becomes client-side in, inside the game, but that's, that was what we thought was going to happen with Battlefield 1, but it did not happen, so. Can, okay, so before, before we continue on the next topic, can, I swear to God, living in London sometimes is so, it's such a fucking chore Fucking planes, Heathrow, Heathrow fucking airport, with its fucking planes flying every fucking ten minutes. It's so annoying. I just can I shoot down one of these planes, please, so they stop flying. <laughs> can I bring a, a fucking on the door AA? From someone from the fucking monarchy later. Yeah, Sir, we heard about your talkings of shooting down an aircraft. We'd like to have a conversation with you. Yeah, I heard you're just, uh, planning a terrorist attack and plan killing people and shooting down airplanes above London. Is you that true? You don't like airplanes flying over your house, sir. No, okay, but jokes aside, so bloody annoying, these fucking planes. Well, yeah, but let's expand Heathrow. There were, pl- there were plans of expanding Heathrow to, like, three runaways. I'm like, oh, no, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Thankfully, that I think they stopped that from happening. So thank fuck because that would be a, such a horrible idea. I don't know, my dude. I'm just amazed my my background noise isn't polluted with banging and clacking and clanging and shit because they're they're building a power substation like not. Oh, it's oh oh it's it's kind of happening here too because we someone is opening a new shop uh, next to us and it's like literally next to our wall. And from all the things you could open, they're opening a bloody vape shop. Go fuck yourself. Oh god. Why? Why? You could open anything, you know, something more meaningful. No, let's open another vape shop. It's not like we have ten of them already on the... I was going to say, how saturated is your fucking area? Like, Extremely you see, like, saturated. It's, I, don't, I don't understand how these shops even survive. And I keep... It's kind of like that here, too. It, it really kind of is. Because there's like almost one on every fucking block nowadays. And it's like, I don't, I don't need that many stores. And I keep, I, and I keep telling. <laughs> it's all mostly the same stuff. It's all mostly the same prices because it's all the same market price that everybody's getting from the same vendor. So it's like, why? I mean, because you can go into gas stations and get this shit nowadays too. Yeah, and what annoys me most is I, I, I keep telling Matea that I have a feeling this is some lo- money laundering scheme because I don't understand. And my cat is very yeah, active for this reason. Oro, I really love you, but can you shut the fuck up? Thank you. Alright, this recording... We're so salty today, holy shit. So professional and so 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 happy. We're just yes, Oro. The cynicism, the cynicism is on full blast. Oh yeah, today we are really salty. And there's another plane flying above my head, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> 
it heard you the first time and wanted to test your uh, test your results. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, Shoot me down, motherfucker! All right. Okay. Before I go, oh, okay. No, actually, no. I can go already. Already talk about this. Might as well. So, uh, I know you don't like Fortnite. No one here on the pod. I I, no one on, we had on the podcast likes Fortnite. So, Fortnite, the Epic Epic Games developers are working on a first-person mode for Fortnite. How how does that make you feel? Why? I think it's because they're innovators. I it's because they they the reason why Fortnite is still big many many years later still amazing game still has amazing controls and still keep going yeah, strong they, they push envelopes they they push boundaries and they do stuff i think really honestly this one to me honestly this just seems like it's one of those things that they're doing it just because they can and there's enough people that have shown enough interest in it now my question is since fortnite is a bit of a competitive game as it were are they going to just lock matches to people who are only using first person mode well, like they do with people with controllers well, right versus th- people with mouse and keyboard right now well i don't think the input or are we going to mix bag the whole thing and just let first person only players compete with third person players and it just make it a clusterfuck there's a lot of rumors and speculation happening right now but first person is coming they already teased it in one of the trailers a couple of months ago but it was just a tease and com- Right now, competitive Fortnite is basically third-person build mode. So, no build mode. There's some tournaments, but there were, like, experimental tournaments happening with no build mode. So, it wasn't, like, official. It was just experimental tournaments that they did once in a while. So, and if they introduce first-person mode, a lot of people speculate if it's going to be, like, you know, Star Wars Battlefront, when you can switch from first-person to third-person in-game, you know, and it, because it's more casual... Is it going to be the same thing with Fortnite? Can like, if that's the case, I don't think that brings any value to Fortnite. But if it's a first-person mode, you know, and it's a separate playlist, like right now we have no build mode and build mode, which are both a third-person, but like they're, they're separate playlists, and and apparently, uh, Epic Games finally start to showcase how many players are playing, you know, each particular mode. And it's a 50-50 uh, uh, split, to my surprise. So this, you know, all the millions of players that play Fortnite, 50% are play build mode and 50% play no build mode. And that's fascinating because I thought it was going to be like 80% no build mode. But now it's 50-50. So when you introduce the first person mode, I can already see the players that, you know, maybe Battlefield players... Definitely Call of Duty Warzone players, they will definitely play Fortnite first mode. Because you have your Battle Royale, it's first person, you know, you have all this, you know, established, you know, whatever you want to call it, mechanics or, you know, uh, status, you know, you have your, you know, there's so much history behind it. And suddenly you have this first person mode. I can imagine it will have a really big impact on the gaming industry, you know, regarding what the player base, you know, players are, you know, what what kind of games they're playing. Warzone, Warzone players, they will definitely switch to Fortnite, first-person mode. Just because Call of Duty is not doing really hot these days, for many, many reasons. And, I don't know, I, I find it pretty interesting. 
Now, granted, mixing. What Call of Duty's not doing too well these days? Blah. It's it's not, it's not because they Call of Duty. It's because they fucked up for the wrong reasons. But that, that's not the point. But I think a lot. Anyway, anyway, yeah, that, that, not the point. Uh, what the fuck I was saying? Oh yeah, so M- Mixie thinks that they will not do a really good work with Fortnite when it comes to first person mode because he thinks that they're gonna switch the camera and you know the animations and everything is gonna be still the same. I have a feeling they're putting more effort than is than than they imply. I don't think it's just gonna be like oh just a s- simple camera switch. Yeah, no, because it's not. Um, That's what Mixie thinks. Uh, Mixie thinks animator will tell you that. Yeah, mi- it's not. It- because he because he's a game developer, he knows how much effort it takes to make, you know, uh, a first person sure. He knows that, and because you have to redesign all the anima- uh, animations and everything and all that kind of stuff. And but then Star Wars Battlefront. Well, the- yeah, because the thing that people don't understand is is that it, when it comes to camera positions, like the game almost has to be designed around that camera position as far as how things look in field of view and scale ratios and everything else, and. First-person shooter cameras are not in the head of the player character. If you think about it, your camera is almost in your chest, not your face. So for them, for you know, for the people to think that it's just going to be easy. Okay, now well, now we shift the camera downward. Well, now here's what has to happen: is, is the arms have to be stretched out so that they look as though they're further away from the camera. Because if you take a a camera model, if you would take a character model from Fortnite that is standing there holding their gun, they're you're not going to be able to see through because the third-person camera model kind of holds the gun down at a resting position. So now you have to change the character position in order to constantly keep the gun facing out and forward, which is basically you know how third-person, sh- how first-person shooters work. Um, there, there's a lot more to it. I could keep going and keep going and going, but it just it, it, field of view alone again has to be tweaked, and you know assets have to be. It has to be looked over and checked. I actually over. forgot about that. Oh my god, that's one loud-ass fucking plane. <laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah, I, co- co- but, but I completely yeah, forgot about the field of view. Yeah, I agree with you. I, yeah, I, they're them putting all this work and this effort into this I, to 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 make something that I and the, at the end of the day, I honestly, this is where I see it heading as a playlist thing. It's going to be a niche thing that people are going to be like, oh, first person shooter mode. It's going to be the McRib of Fortnite. All right, that's that's there. That's the best I can fucking put it. It's going to be a thing that people are going to want when it's gone. And then when it's there, they're going to be happy about it. And then towards the end of it, they're going to be like, all right, let's just get this out of here and get to the next thing, McDonald's. Not saying that. Actually, yeah, yeah, no, no, Fortnite is the McDonald's gaming. I'll say it. Um, I mean, that's accurate description because, yeah. Ca- <laughs> it's easy. It's cheap. It's superficial. It, it, it makes you feel satisfied in the moment and you're not happy when you're not playing it. Sounds like McDonald's to me. Yeah, and... um. It's not like Star Battlefront where you can, you know, cheat the reload animations because it's just, you know, lasers. You don't need to put a different mag or put, uh, you know... You, you press a button and the thing happens. You know, you don't have to no, pull... Yeah, a, and it wasn't even reload, it was cooldowns. Yeah, you don't have to put, like, a, you know, pull a, you know, a lever or something like that to reload the gun or put a different mag. Yeah, and I get yeah, it. For a first-person, you know, mode, you kind of need to nail those animations. Otherwise, it's very clunky and, you know... It looks horrible, yeah. and it takes you out of the whole first-person, um, you know, visual of it. So yeah, all the reload animations—they've all got to be redone. Any animation involving the hands and arms—it's all got to be redone. Yeah, and we're done specifically for third for, for first person. So I mean, it's 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 not an easy undertaking. I know it. 
for example, World War Three, right? I I think it's a fine game, okay game, but when it comes to reload animations, oh my god, they're clunky. They they're, they're clunky. I think they're on the, like Battlefield 20, 2042, also clunky. Especially those old um, vault weapons, you know, your Battlefield 3 weapons, Battlefield Company 2 weapons, you know. Oh my god, those animations are so fucking clunky. Like, Battlefield 2042, when it comes to animations, you know, to, like, reloading your gun and everything, I do not like it. Because you can feel how clunky it is. It's just, it's just so, um, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, it's just, like... The way the camera moves, and the way your gun moves, and the way he rolls, and how instant it is, or it just, it, there's no flow to it, and it's just, it just feels really wrong. And I don't know how to describe it, but yeah, it's, I'm really curious how they're gonna do it, how Fortnite first, first person mode is gonna be. Are they actually putting a different team, literally a separate team, just working in this mode and perfecting it, perfecting it? Or they're just gonna. St- Slap a first-person mode in the most cheapest way possible and call it a day. I think, and I, I don't even want to say that it's going to be the cheapest way. I think they're just going to take the path of least resistance. Like, possibly not everything will be animated, like building and stuff like that. It could be that could be possible. Um, that is a corner I could definitely see them cutting, because again, I don't see it being anything more than just a niche mode that pops up once in a while. Everybody gets excited in order to do it. They find some way to put a spin on it or a different flavor on it every time it pops up in order to help with the battle passes, and that's it. And I I wouldn't blame them for doing so because I don't see it being something where it's like, I'm going to play Fortnite first-person because really if I want to play a first-person shooter, I'll go play a first-person shooter that's designed as a first-person shooter, not a third-person that went, we can do first-person now. I mean, Resident Evil did that and got away with it, but that's a whole different story. That's not a competitive game. Like, that's a survival game that you're playing. That's that's a completely different thing. So, like, I don't know why first person. I don't know why third person shooter developers like that think they can just transition to first person and it's and, it, and it's easy. It's going to change the whole damn game. Cover, cover alone. Can you imagine if they go and they fight through all that effort in order to make first person work and every single point of cover you can't shoot over or see over? Oh yeah! That? Oh my God! Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because of where point. the camera position is. Yeah, th- it's not designed for it. I don't see it being something that's going to be a permanent thing for that. Again, another fucking plane really loud. <laughs> uh, no, but everyone goes quiet. <laughs> but then again, I do remember that they do have mechanics telling you in in the game right now that you can't shoot through this cover because they have you know they has like an X. On your crosshair saying, oh, if you shoot, you're going to hit this wall. So they already have that mechanic. So I'm pretty sure they can have the same mechanic in first person. Uh, I I see no reason why it can be. But again, I'm still talking about a matter of being able to see over it. Something that you would think that, okay, the the player character's head clears, but you can't see over. Because there's instances of that happening in first person shooters. Because again, your, your camera is not always in the head. So that has to be considered your 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 wall heights and stuff like that, and then not only mention the, the the scaling of the buildings internally when you change that that field of view. How how much is that going to change? There is so, I. Well, we'll see. I guess <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I I just find it really interesting. 
Um, okay. I do too. I, I think it's going to be an interesting undertaking, but I, like I said, I don't see it being something that's just going to rock it off and be like, ah, oh, it's the new great thing for Fortnite. It's the new sliced bread. And <laughs> yeah. it, no. Oh, it's, it's going to be the, it, people going to go, Fortnite's going to go back on top, you know. It's going to be the bee's knees. Yeah, it's going to be the top game, uh, flavor, like, flavor of the month back then, when it's going to come out. Um, okay, on the last topic... I just want to mention Call of Duty again. It's because there's a lot of drama happening in Call of Duty because they're adding pay-to-win mechanics, in a sense, into one... Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, in one particular mode. Surprised face. So, let me give you a bit of context. So, when War... So, Warzone 2 came out, right? Was it six months ago? It was badly received for a lot of reasons. It was nothing like the first Warzone. It was slower. People say more clunky. It felt like a proper Battle Royale. Not Call of Duty Battle Royale. So the reason why Warzone got big in the first place is because it was Call of Duty but Battle Royale. It was the simplified you know, Battle Royale experience. I think that's why I made it really fun and interesting. Because I really, really, really enjoyed Warzone 1 is because it was like it was simple. I it was not a typical battle royale. I either had to like loot for plates or you know for specific guns or there was no different type of you know three different shields. No, it, everything was simplified, mainstreamed. Everything was really simple and easy. So Warzone 2 was now it did not click with a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. And of course the player numbers are going down because of that because people don't feel like it it's even though they didn't do they change they doing changes they bring in everything back that made warzone 1 great into the warzone 2 so they making it warzone 1 basically so come back yeah yeah basically and there was a new mode that really we'll give you your legacy features yeah li- literally and there's a new mode that came out uh with warzone 2 which was dmz and it's basically like escape from tarkov uh game mode but in call of duty so that's why a lot of people are not happy with Warzone 2, because all the DMZ... Like, this game was built for DMZ, basically. You know, all the mechanics and everything was built for this game mode. And that's why Battle Royale is suffering. So now they're, they're, now they're doing their best to make the, you know, Battle Royale a Battle Royale and DMZ a DMZ. So there's two different modes, right? Two separate gameplay experiences. You know, one is this extraction shooter, extraction shooter looter, whatever you want to call it. And the other one is a Battle Royale. So... A lot, the DMZ mode, the extraction shooter, is very popular with a lot of casual players. And I'm talking lo- a lot of casual players. Because you you just spawn in, you kill bots, you know. You, you shoot bots, you extract your items and everything, and you keep going again and again. And sometimes, sometimes you encounter other players, you know. So it's a PV, PvPE, or how does it go? PvE, PvP, I don't know. The... the Anyway, player versus bots, but you can encounter other players in the match, and you both have to fight each other to extract your loot and so on. It's it's really popular between casuals because it's more relaxing than battle royale because it's you shoot more bots than players. So, Activision, keep in mind we never had anything pay to win since Modern Warfare two nineteen. So when Modern Warfare two nineteen came out four years ago. Wow, that was four years ago. Holy shit. Since then, we, there was nothing 
that Activision was selling in the store that was paid to win. It was purely cosmetic. The Balpas, the store, everything. It was just skins. Just pure skins. Nothing more, nothing less. You didn't you did not have to spend a dime to get any advantage. It was just skins. And it was great. You know, good system. Now, because it was it's really popular between casuals, this DMZ mode, and this shrinking player base because people don't like what developers did with Warzone 2, Activision started to add very light, I don't even know if light, pay-to-win mechanics into those skins. So you can get a backpack, you can get a UAV, you can get a extra weapon, or you can get plates, you know. These are the items you can find in the game itself, and you can spawn with these items in the game, because that's the point. You you, go, you launch into the game, you extract those items, and you can use it for the next game. You know, that's... We're not gonna call them pay-to-win mechanics, we're gonna call them progression shortcuts. <laughs> yeah. So, basically, you can find these items in the game, and what I originally thought, like everyone thought, like, oh, this is just one-off item, right? Or like, oh, okay, here, UAV, get a UAV at the start of the game and, you know, use it and never use it again because it's just one-off item. If that's the case, it's shitty, but okay, it's just one-off item. Who gives a fuck, right? Oh, no, 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 no. These are recurring items. So if you use it one game, you can use it for the next game. So you don't have to loot these items, you don't have to do anything. So if you buy the skin that has that particular perk, plates, backpacks, oh. UAVs, whatever, you can keep lo- re- launching into the new game with these perks. It's... Oh, that sucks. Yeah, so if it was a one-off item, we'll be fine, because you can find these items in the game just fine, because that's the point of the game. But when you and I know, and but the funny thing about it is, is when they put this crap in, they want to. They they always like to fall back on the whole thing. Where it's, it's for players who don't have all the time. It's for players who don't have all the skill. And as noble of a cause as that is, you got people with way too much expendable income that are just gonna. And that and that's what they want. That those are the players they want. I I know it. I'm not not ignorant to their monetized cause. That are just going to piss money on that, you know, become so stupidly OP because they could spend $1,000 extra on the game. But what that really does is it frustrates the rest of your player base. Yeah. So, like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Do you want to, do you want to, do you want to frustrate the one player who's going to spend $1,000 on the game? Or do you want to frustrate the 1,000 players who would be willing to spend $100 a piece on the game? Because the 1,000 player metric, you made a lot more money. That's $100,000 that you made off of those players just spending $100, okay? It's it's silly to me, but I mean, I, you know, how do you how do you control that? Do you, do you just, you know, do you, do you go into an account and be like, well, you're doing too damn good in this game, you can't have the pay to win the mechanics, we don't want your money. And I understand, like, that, that mentality is stupid, but just putting it in in the first place is the easiest way to just avoid the whole ordeal. The thing is, like, uh, what makes it worse, right? So, these mechanics were introduced in this new season and the new season has been out for a week and before the new season came out right they had that uh, popular streamers or whatever you know content creators mostly streamers 
got invited to this dev call. And these certain developers, I will not mention names because certain developers, I, I'm just, I can't, I don't understand them. But anyway, certain developers in that dev call to these streamers hyped them up about the upcoming changes to Warzone 2. And those changes sound really, really, really good. Even I drank the Kool-Aid and like, oh, these changes are amazing. So basically, they told these changes that are coming to these streamers, and the streamers told everyone in you know in your social medias, you know social media accounts and everything. So everyone picked that up. Like, oh, they're listening. They're doing these changes. They're doing movement changes. They're doing gameplay changes. They do like TTK changes, all that kind of stuff. You know, they basically Warzone is back, baby. Right? That's that was the message. When the update came out, it was nothing like that. Absolutely nothing like that. It was minimal changes, barely anything changed. No one would notice anything if it was no one said anything. You know, there were maybe some changes, you know. There are some changes. But they're so minimal, it doesn't matter. You know. And people, of course, got angry. They got angry at the streamers. The streamers got angry at the developers. Then someone else got angry at someone else. And then someone got angry at the players because they don't play Warzone anymore. That's why Activision is adding these pay-to-win mechanics to cash in on the last remaining player base. I'm like, I'm sorry. So if we don't, if we don't like the game, and they're not listening to us, so we were at the mercy now of Daddy Activision not to put pay-to-win mechanics into the game because we refuse to play a game that is not to our standards. I'm sorry. What the fuck? How you even can think about that? That kind of mentality, saying, "Oh, because the, the shrinking player base, they, they want to cash in on the last remaining whales that play the game." I'm like, "I'm sorry, is, it, 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 how's that sound right to you?" So the, the re- it's it's all business, baby. Yeah. So the, re- At the end of the day, so, it's all business. So Activision will not sell cosmetic only items because the player base don't like the games, so they say "fuck you." That's fucked up. You know, it is. It it wholly is, and I, I I despise it when video games do it. But at the same time, I I get that it's a business. I mean, it's got to make money, but some of the ways they go about to make money these days, it's just really greasy. Yeah, this is the best way I can put it. it. It's some really shady shit these days. You know, I've I've seen countless videos of game dev conferences at, at people talking about monetization, and you know when you know live service models and 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 the psychological tools that they're teaching monetization developers in order to utilize and use it's like you know this almost comes off like a fucking CIA psyops campaign like it's not even a joke it's it's just it's that ingrained and it and now and it's it's kind of like being able to see it now you know you you learn about that type of crap and then you look at the monetization in the games and you go okay there's that being implemented there's that being implemented okay fomo there's that fortnite's very 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 popular for using that one the fomo mechanic because goddamn it i want my unicorn horse hammer skin i have to have it and oh man they, it came back up on the store you know here's 20 bucks it's they do it all the time uh skins and cosmetics it's the worst for um but then again, it, it, I, I don't... It's a shame. I do not mind the cosmetics ones because it's just cosmetics at the end of the day. Who gives a shit, you know? Yeah, if it's just cosmetics, that's fine. It's still predatory the way they go about monetizing it. 
Because in my honest belief is if you're going to sell a fucking thing, sell the fucking thing. Yeah, I agree. Leave it up on the store. If you buy it, it's if it's a one-time thing, if it's a cosmetic, they bought it, take it off the damn store. That's when you, you don't... Don't take the option away from your customer in order to spend money. That there is the dumbest business decision ever. And and companies that want to go, well, we're we're and then I know why they do it. They do it in order to give it this artificial value to it, okay? Cuz like if something that's constantly on the store, well, you know, there's there's no real effort put behind marketing it. We just put that up, okay, $20. And they'll take the same fucking item, all right? And they'll do a palette shift on it and then they'll put it up and go, "Limited time edition, $100." And it's only up for a month. That may, that inclines people in order to spend more. That is shitty. If you're going to take and do that that low effort type of crap, and I've seen games do it, not necessarily Fortnite. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen them directly pallet shift an asset and pull that crap, but I've seen other games do it. And don't think for a second that, you know, these monetization devs, these publishers are not saying, you know, try it because it's minimal investment, maximum payout and that's what they want also what uh, makes it even more infuriating that they're adding these pay to win mechanics into these skins is because they're adding these skins to popular skins that people would actually buy for example the classic ghost you know modern warfare 2 like from 10 years ago skin you know you can buy it you know and these mechanics are tied to these characters you know, to these yeah, skins. it's another marketing tactic. Yeah, so you know, it, it will is. sell like, well. Ready, come on, let me rub you in the oh, let me rub you in the ribs here and go. Oh, hey, here's that here's that visual skin that you've been wanting this whole time. And oh yeah, by the way, it's got a thing where it makes your gameplay easier. Oh, sold. Yeah, and it, that's the pro. Like it, these skins will sell like like hotcakes, <laughs> and you know what? I, and they know it. I had this argument like I, I like on Twitter or not Twitter Reddit. Someone had the argument, like, why is this a good thing and everything? And I agree with sort of, I said, like, people, someone, of course, defended, like, well, it's their money. People can't spend, don't tell people how to spend their money. I'm like, no, 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 no. You have to tell people how to spend their money because why people that, you know, whales that decide to spend money on this decide what is right for the game because if they spend money on this shit that means other yeah, people their spending trends are what makes the trends for exactly the rest of the game therein lies the thing and and, I, and again i'm not foretelling people how to spend their money my my blame mostly falls out on falls on the snake oil salesman more so than the customer i mean you're free to spend your money on whatever dumb shit you want objectively speaking because that it is an object it, it is a subjective thing sorry i got my words mixed up like I have spent money investing in my recording equipment. People would say that I'm stupid for doing that. Uh, I see people that buy a lot of these pay-to-win stuff and a lot of it as stupid because I see that as a waste of money. Why would you want to do that? Yeah, you love your game. You want to support it. But, I mean, for for, for what they're asking price-wise, are you nuts? Um... I lost my train of thought for a second. There. Well, for, yeah, I, just... I just I just found the thread that, uh, that where people downvoted me to oblivion for that. And I'm sorry, I... I... Like, this is what I said. So, this guy said, I mean, you only g- g- gotta do it once, but who cares how other people spend their money? And I replied, it does matter how they spend their money because that encourages Activision or anyone else to push it even further and basically punish anyone who doesn't want or can't pay for what thing they come up with. So, no, enough with the defending people, it's their money, it affects everyone. I got the wanted to oblivion regarding that. And then I mean, I- honestly, nobody's right, but nobody's wrong either. You know, it, that's it's that it's 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 that double-edged sort of an argument. 
it really is the individual's money in order to spend on whatever they want. I, I honor I honor that, I respect that, and that's wholly fine. But again, on the flip side, like it's been point like you pointed out, their spending trends are what dictate what development does. If they if they're throwing thousands of dollars more per unit at something that the rest of the community finds objectively silly, guess what you're gonna get more of, kids? You're gonna get more of the things that made those whales wanna spend more money. And to me, I think that's the big fallacy in, in monetization these days. They are trying too hard to go after select few with a shit ton of money instead of just trying to generally appeal to the player base and and just let the economy take its course and do what it needs to. I, I have thrown out mathematical equations so many times in order to disprove the fact that going after whales is not as sound as what it should be. Because again, like I just pointed out, one person spending $1,000 a month or a thousand people spending a hundred dollars a month. What is going to net you more revenue? If you have a hundred people that are spending a thousand dollars and you have a thousand people that are spending a hundred dollars, you still make more freaking money, no matter how much you scale that. And then eventually you get to the point where you're looking at the broad numbers of everything and you go, yeah, okay, we asked, we're making a good chunk of change off of these people, but compared to the broader market, we're not. And they're not looking at it that way. They're looking at that little chunk and going, how can we expand that chunk? How can we get these guys in order to spend more money? We want to get these guys to spend more money. Just these guys. These guys right here. And not the general chunk. And that's what burns the community. Because in a sense, they are being forgotten about completely, wholesale. You look at any game that offers packs for anything for nothing less than like $20. Guess what? You, you the average Joe, you have been forgotten about. Because you, you, that for the gaming company is expecting you in order to spend that $20 weekly or monthly. Also, that's that's a Netflix subscription. That's like a half. That's a quarter of weeks worth of food. That's like a half a quarter of a tank of gasoline. You know that that's for them to ask that out of the average person with the way the economies are nowadays is astronomically stupid. It's also that people don't really you know they say oh it's my money I can spend whatever you want yeah but you I I can't. Sp- it does. You don't see. It's like people don't see the full picture, right? Just because you can spend money, you know, thousands of fucking pounds. On something, you know, that basically, you know, pay-to-win mechanics. Yeah, good for you. But what about other players? Or like, yeah, I don't care about them. Like, then why are you playing a video game in the first place? Like, it's it's such a selfish thing. It's like, I, I, I hate to bring this up, but same with Premium, for example. Battlefield Premium. People are crying for Battlefield Premium to come back. I'm sorry. Why, why do we need to make content for player base that only 1% will experience? Just 1% of the player base will experience this premium content and servers will die two weeks later. Because everyone's going to go back to vanilla because the majority of the player base don't have... Because the majority of the player base is not going to be able to partake in the premium model. And yeah. therein, lies, therein lies the thing. But that's the only thing... Excuse me, I'm a little nasally. Um, and that's the only thing that I praise about the live service model is the fact that when new maps and stuff like that come out, everybody gets it. And when it comes to maps... I firmly believe that that's how it should be for a multiplayer game. The maps are, and I'm, and I know maps are one thing that take a lot of undertaking in order to make. They take a lot of effort. So yes, you want to kind of try and sell them in a way. But I firmly believe that nowadays, with the fact that multiplayer is so ingrained in everything, maps need to be a universal thing. Just a, just let the community have it. Let them have the playground, okay? But when it comes to the toys, if you want to market those, go for it. 
you know, you want to put out a new gun set and you want to charge twenty dollars monthly for that for for a gun set, or or have a subscription where you 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 charge the player a fifteen you charge the player fifteen dollars a month as a subscription, and they constantly get access to these new gun sets that come out monthly or whatever. That's fine. I'm cool with that as long as whatever comes out in those gun sets isn't something that completely obliterates the existing gameplay. I'm fine with it. I'm cool with that. But yeah, I agree with you. Dividing players up on maps is a very bad idea. Battlefield Premium, Battlefield Four Premium pointed that out, made it blatantly obvious. Seven Battlefield um, Four, Battlefield One too. You know, yeah, Battlefield One had that problem as well. I mean, there's certain like I like playing servers with that have just about every map mixed in, but the problem is, is I can't find, couldn't. It was getting to a point where I couldn't find those servers anymore. Most of the servers that I find nowadays that are still populated are vanilla servers. They very, very few have any DLC running. Well, not, to, not to mention maybe new players, you know, but, you know, they bought the game cheaply like for, for five bucks and they start playing the game. Why, you expect them to have a, the, all the DLC, you know, all the premium, you know, maps and everything? Of course not. They're going to play vanilla servers but, duh, for obvious no, reasons. They're going to they're do Path of Least Resistance unless you make all of those map packs download with the core game. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, uh, Call of Duty is adding pay-to-win mechanics slowly. It, it, it's not, like, I love that some people think that, oh, it's only for DMZ, they will not do it for Battle Royale because comparative integrity or something like that. Bitch, I'm going to call BS bitch. on that because if they can make a you buck na- off of it, they're going to make a you buck off of it. You naive motherfucker. I'm sorry. that <laughs> If they wanted to, they can introduce it and they will will. If people will buy this. Because you know what they're doing. What they're doing is, is they're treading the waters to yes, see what they can ex- get away they, with. Right they're now. testing they're either, the waters. And they're doing it either for just this version or they're going to they're, they're gonna tread their waters and see what they can get away with for the next one. And that's usually what they start doing. So, you know... And, and like I, like like we both just said, don't if they can get away with putting pay to win in for for that make it competitive. Oh my god, Did, I, that's a money printer right there, man. They they know it. Oh my god, they're not dumb. I, 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 this is gonna be such a shit show if they actually add anything to Battle Royale like that. It's just it 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 it's fu- it, it's gonna be up to the community in order to say no to it. That the too, yeah. Is, is that they, too? They, they, the community in unison has to say no to it. The whales have to say no to it. But they won't, because and you know why. But they won't. Nobody ever does. Yeah. The, 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 you have a majority of people that are always on forums and be like, well, this shit isn't right, and this shit isn't fair, and this shit isn't great. But again, because they people have the freedom in order to spend money on whatever they damn well please, they spend money on whatever they damn well please, the market sees it, and the market acts accordingly. That's just how it rolls, people. Yeah, and... For example, uh, Call of Duty, which makes it even... We wouldn't have live service propagations if people didn't buy that shit. Yeah. We'd still have DLCs and season passes. We'd still be doing that shit. What makes it worse, as we on the podcast, is just, for example, Call of Duty, especially... <laughs> this season, they're really pushing for, like, more expensive everything. So, for example, uh, you could buy the Battle Pass, right? So, like, you know, 1,000 core points or whatever. You know, you can buy the Battle Pass and, you know, normal standard stuff. And before that, you could also buy like the big version of the battle pass. Basically, gives you skip, t- you know, uh, you can skip tiers, you know, extra like skin or two, you know, or you know, well. yeah, you get what's called like an elite battle yeah, pass yeah, yeah, version. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. It's like because I know I know some games that do that shit for like twenty dollars for the basic one, and then a hundred dollars for the fucking elite one. And it's like, well, with the elite, you can you get all of these extra goodies and stuff, and then you get. You get points towards the battle paths, and you know yeah, half of it's done for you already, etc., etc. Yeah, I, I know games that do that yeah, shit, yeah. which is fine if you want to get the more. Yeah, it's fine. So the point is that you could buy 
you know, for the currency in the game, the battle pass, normal battle pass, and for the same currency, you can buy the more expensive battle pass, but it's still the same currency, right? So you can buy that. They removed the second, you know, uh, more expensive version uh, bundle from the... And you can only buy the money one. So, okay, so it was 1,000 cord points for the battle pass and 2,400 for the bigger battle pass with the tier skips, you know. It's the same battle pass, but with the tier skips and some extra skin and whatever. They removed that and they added a... And not, they replaced it with a thing called Black Cell. That's the name of the thing. It's it's a battle, it's an extra battle pass, but you cannot buy with a currency, with an in-game currency. You have to shell out thirty bucks. Thirty bucks. Oh my lord! They removed the second option that which a lot of people use because oh, it tier skips, right? I can progress through battle pass a bit faster, you know, and you can you can buy with the currency. You cannot buy this thing for for the currency. You had to spend real life money to buy this second tier whatever uh, battle pass, which granted it comes with a lot of skins, it comes with more court points to spend. But then again, what's the fucking point? But to make things worse, this thing was the top selling thing on Steam in the first three four days, like third most sold thing on Steam. This fucking bundle. I mean, grats. Yeah, like, so people bitch about that it's fucking, re- you know, stupid. It's predatory, but s- someone still buys it, and it's the top. Th- yeah, there are people still throwing money at it. And, and the, 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 people are still throwing money at it. They're still going to keep selling it. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, of course, Call of Duty, the most. Doesn't matter about the shrinking player base. It still has a lot. It, it still has loads of players playing, you know, the game. Still has a really pl- big player base. So whenever it comes, something comes out on Call of Duty. Yeah, I can imagine to be one of the top selling things, you know, on Steam charts because it's not like a lot of game other games have that player base and they, you know, they making, you know, sold, you know, selling a lot, you know, whatever, you know, it just makes sense that something from Call of Duty gets the top selling thing. But would you imagine a thirty buck thing is just for one season? It's just one season. It this doesn't transfer to the next season. So next season is going to be another thirty bucks. Then another season is gonna be another thirty bucks. Yeah, and that's how that's that's their hook. That's how they keep you spending. And then you figure over the course of a season, okay? If we've got the okay, let's say you know the seasons last for like what three months, two months, one month. Uh, sixty days, I think. Sixty days. So okay, let's just for posterity's sake say three months. All right, three, six, nine, twelve. That's four points that you're getting thirty dollars out of the player. That's uh, you know one hundred and twenty dollars a year now that you've made off of that player. Instead of the the one plus the one time, is there a buy into this too? Do you have to buy the game for seventy dollars, sixty dollars? Depends what you play. If you play multiplayer, you have to buy the game. Okay, so let's just say for posterity's sake again, we're gonna go with the old school sixty dollar metric. Okay, now that's almost two hundred dollars that that company has made off of that player in one year. Now, if they can keep that rolling into the next year, okay, there's you know close to four hundred dollars that that company has now made off of that. Multiply that by okay, even a hundred thousand players, they make good money off of it. Um, and and I hate sounding like I'm I'm embracing the whole thing behind it, but it is a good, you know, and that's the one thing I do appreciate about live service model games when they're done right. If they charge the player a reasonable amount for monthly content, you know, or buy or seasonally content or quarterly content or however they break it down, I don't see it as a bad thing. 
because you are putting a lot more time into those types of games than what you are your average single-player game. You're, you're talking about single-player campaign games. You're getting anywhere from 12, 24, 48 hours out of it tops. Most multiplayer games, thousands of hours in a year. So, yeah, it's kind of reasonable that they're expecting the player in order to pay a little bit more, for, especially considering servers require money for upkeep, development, developers need to get paid in order to keep adding content to it. I, I, I understand it. Um, it's just in some cases the more popular games that have the real big player bases that are like $50 a month. What? It's, it's just, it's, I don't know, I don't understand how is this sustainable. It's like the it's like the wage gap, you know. Like, how is the how, how is this sustainable? For this? Yeah, I mean, and I get it. I and I really get that side of it too. I mean, because I, I I don't understand. It's like, fuck, you, you can afford in order to. Uh, but I mean, it depends. Again, it depends upon the time frame because, you know, twenty dollars a month is one thing. Twenty dollars every three months is another thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's you know seven dollars and some change across all three months. Big what? That's that's a streaming platform again. But I also, you know, I'm I'm not as well off as I'd like to be, so I examine my finances with a fucking microscope, obviously. You know, it, it's but again, if you do the math on some things, it's easy to see why some monetization models are being used. It's just to me the scale and the the the, the quite frankly shitty tactics that a lot of them go to in order to sell. I don't like. I'm not going to send a, a game publisher for trying to make money back on an investment because that's really, at the end of the day, what a video game is. Publishers put a lot of initial money and time and effort into these products, some more so or less so than others. We won't get into whom's is whom's, and they expect a return on that, and that's fine. There's, I don't see anything wrong with that. My problem stems to they've had years of rapid growth and they want to keep that going. It's not sustainable. And anybody with a brain for economics will tell you that. You can milk a cow for so long. After so long, that cow don't milk no more. We need to find a different cow then. <laughs> and now a different cow needs to be found or this cow needs to, you know, be for dinner the next couple of weeks. Not to get graphic with people, but, you know, that's just how, you know, the sausage is made, kids. Or in this case, steaks. Um, and I think that's what it's it's getting to. It's getting to the point where, because live service games made a shitload of money during COVID pandemic. Everybody was home, you know, that's, it, the market reacted and, and it went to the things that were appealing during that time frame. Now, a lot of COVID lockdowns are long since been gone. People are back to work a whole lot. They're not spending as much money on these things. And that scares these developers because they had those years of these rep record profits and these record growths. And they were like, oh, my God, live service is doing so well. But they're not realizing that why they were doing so well. The circumstances have changed now. And they're still trying to keep that level of revenue and growth and they can't do it and it, by the time they react to it I, I have an odd feeling it's probably going to be a little bit too little too late for them and they're going to think well what we're doing now is the norm and it's all just going to snowball from there yeah I mean, I could. Uh, oh, but I think that's a good. I think yeah, I could talk more. I could talk. I could talk more. But but it, I know you also need to pick up a call and everything. So 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm a popular guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, look at you, Mr. Popular. <laughs> I'm gonna call my agent back. No, I, I think we had a good discussion uh, just about everything. I think it's. I think it was a good podcast. I'm proud of what we did here today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you want to do an outro? I guess I can I can do this one. All right. So for everybody who has stuck around for this entire length of time, thank you very much for your time. Those of you who are subbed to our Patreon page, an extra special thanks to you. If you're not subbed to our Patreon page, page Patreon, Patreon page, please check the links below in the description. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Good night, good luck, and happy gaming wherever you are. See you, everyone. Stay safe.